If you're looking to save some money on your wireless plan, take a look at Visible Wireless. They're a transparent wireless carrier with nothing to hide. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible where you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. One-line wireless, just 25 bucks a month with taxes and fees included. That's unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Switch now at Visible.com. You shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but you can judge a company by its name. Like Visible, the wireless company making wireless visible. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. What's happening, friends? Welcome to the final episode of Podcast Unlocked, episode 424. Not forever, just for the year 2019, <laughs> and thus also this decade. That's wow. wild. Uh, coming up on this week's show, we're going to talk about our favorite, speaking of games of the decade, our favorite Xbox games of the decade. Just a fun segment. Why not? This is the perfect time for it. So we'll do that. Uh, plus, there are a few other little announcements that I think are relevant to talk about from the Game Awards. We hit the major stuff on the emergency episode last week with, of course, the Xbox Series X and Hellblade 2. So stick around. We'll do Game of the Decade, Xbox Game of the Decade, coming up right after this little intro. Enjoy. All right, I'm Ryan McCaffrey, joined by the great Brandon Tyrell. Hello, hello. Looking sharp today. I Thank like that, you. That pea coat that's looking good. I appreciate it. Yeah. It's winter, so it's as winter. Uh, people in real winter are laughing at you right <laughs> that, now. That's true. It never drops below like <laughs> high forties. Yeah, we're fine. Miranda Sanchez. Hi, hello. Happy holidays to you as well. Happy holidays. I like the, the sweaters looking. Yeah, looking it's just sharp like, as we're well. Toasty. Yeah. We're toasty. We're yeah, toasty on you know, the you side. Yeah. And stuff, just bundling up. Is and- that. We're wimpy Californians yeah. when it comes to our, our winter weather. I hate the cold. I hate it so much, so I'm glad <laughs> it does not get that cold here. And uh, roaming, you may see her pop on frame a little bit from time to time if you're watching on video. Daisy the Boxer Puppy is uh, free roaming, just grazing the studio, looking for either food or a way out, maybe both. <laughs> both. Uh, so cute. <laughs> so welcome to episode 424. That would be a palindrome. What better mm. way to close out the year than on a palindrome? And uh, yeah, how about that Xbox Series X unveiling last week? I'm still so excited. Yeah, the more you think about it, the more how you f- how you guys feeling about this thing? Really positive. Yeah, I, I think it hit everything it needed to. Uh, you know, we discussed last time. There was a little bit of confusion around the naming. We kind of cleared that out. Um, you know, in in the in the days that followed, there was a little more clarity to it. Yeah, so they're just going with. The Xbox, the which I think we'll talk a little bit more later. And also to clarify, too, it's like not that we disliked the name. No, not I think at all. Xbox Series, whatever, is actually a really nice way to just kind of keep this going forward for whatever yeah. iterations they have. 
The only thing it's like, but why X? Just, yeah, just the letter choice is why a little X, strange. We just had an X. It's on brand. But Still you got know, one. I'm just going to go from one X to another, and that's great. But yeah, you touched on it, Miranda. So just a little extra clarification. Extra. Thank you. Yep. So many Xs. Turns out uh, I was actually correct about guessing the name of it. So Microsoft, uh, with a comment to Business Insider, clarifying, quote, the name we're carrying forward to the next generation is simply Xbox. And at the Game Awards, you saw that name come to life through the Xbox Series X. So it's not the Xbox Series X. It's the Xbox. Mm -hmm. And the particular box, which... uh, Comma. Yeah, (laughs) which I should have brought, our little mock-up. Oh, yeah. uh, yeah, With the lamp, the green lamp, uh, is the Series X. So, yes, welcome to Xbox. Much like iPad, they went like iPad... Two iPad Pro Air, mm. and then after so many years, they just went, forget it. The new one is just the iPad. Now they're like 37 iPads, which I think that's the, where we're heading here, too. They're going to be a bunch of Xboxes in the future. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, with this naming convention, and if you go back and look at the quote, it makes sense, right? It speaks to what yeah. it does. So the Series X is your, I guess, I, I mean, it sounds pejorative. I don't mean it that way, but is your base model, your baseline Xbox, and then I imagine we'll get a... Series S in yeah. the future, maybe either discless or well, know. that's that's you know that's a little lower spec. Mm-hmm. You know, like we talked about what yeah. a show one or two shows ago, Lockhart, fourteen forty p, sixty frames rather than a full four k, mm-hmm. sixty frames, and with no optical drive. So right. it'll, uh, you you know you won't be able to play back ultra you know high def four k Blu ray discs on there. Uh, nor will you be running everything in four k, but you'll be running everything really really well with the improved loading times that the new console promises so yeah and then uh, you know presumably we get an xl down the road or something yeah, like that exactly when it's time for that mid-generation upgrade i'll again. tell you i i did a uh co-hosted a video earlier this week it's up on ign and youtube now with with bo moore our uh, resident tech editor our new new tech editor and i'll tell you i, I we've talked on the show i thought 500 was going to be mm-hmm. where the series x was going to clock in at and then you know obviously something lower for series s but he convinced me through kind of running through the PC specs, like comparable PC stuff and, and the GPU and the capabilities. He thinks it's going to be 600. And the more I think about it, the more I think he's right. And I'm totally okay with it because they could go 600 and, and, and stake their claim as we're the most powerful console, which is exactly what they did uh, with the Xbox One X mm-hmm. at 500 versus the PS4 Pro was 400, and then they, so if people want to, you know, people start to complain, oh, 600 bucks. Well, okay, then we've got Series S, the Lockhart right. here for you at for you know 3, 350 or 400 bucks. So you know you could grab that one if you're if you don't want to get the high octane version, you can still get a next gen Xbox experience. For, for which you presumably a hundred dollars cheaper than that, I, I feel like that five hundred dollar price point is sort of the agreed upon next gen. That's sort of what everyone's thinking. It would be yeah, the nice thing. like that. Yeah. That could very well be where, assuming Sony does just have one PlayStation Five out of the gate and not an you know an immediate sort of higher spec, lower spec mm-hmm. series. I wonder if PS Five will split the difference and we'll see Series S at four, PS Five at five, and Series X at six. And then you've kind of got an interesting choice of, well, I could go, you know, I could save a little bit of money and get Series S. Maybe it's not going to be quite as powerful as a PS5, but it's, it's, it's you know, it's, it saves me some cash. Or I could, could go with a PS5 and, and then, you know, don't get Game Pass or any of the fun stuff. Or you could 
if you want the full, you know, highest end experience on a console, you can go Series X. So mm-hmm. this this generation hasn't even started, and it's already getting really interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. Let's move to our feature segment. Miranda, I know you have uh, a hard out, sadly, so you may have yeah. to disappear, magically <laughs> will, disappear. Uh, just be gone at some point. You we'll see to you back in. <laughs> Through the magic of post. editing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So let's go to, it, you know, it is the end of the year, and it, it is the end of a decade, which is kind of amazing. So I thought, I've been saving this one for a rainy day or the end of the year, whichever came first, and turned out the end of the year is what came it's probably first. also going to rain today. So it, You are absolutely correct. Uh, so... Our thought it would be fun. We're doing an IGN best games of the decade yeah. feature that's going to run over the holidays. But I thought, well, okay, here on this podcast, let's do let's talk about our favorite Xbox games of the decade. And I'm going to allow uh, each of us an, a, a third party pick. If you just you know you have a, a third party game that just is near and dear to your heart, and an exclusive pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Let's let's start there, you know, because th- this decade encompassed the back half of the 360 generation, uh, and then the entire Xbox One generation. Other, I mean, okay, we still got next year, we're, we're, and there's a lot of cool stuff on tap for next year. What did she get? Something? She's, she's got something. Sorry. Oh, for goodness' sake, Daisy, what do you have? You're, there's nothing in here that should be in your mouth. That is not a good thing. <laughs> she's just making this look she, on your face. Oh, she does. Yeah, she's got she's the look. She's just got the sad, like, Super producer Tayo is thankfully going to go corner her. Oh, she's going to get chased <laughs> around oh. the room now. It's the oh, lid, it's the lid to a oh, Yeti no. water bottle. It's somebody's oh. water bottle lid. <laughs> All right, well, that's she can't swallow and choke on that, and that's probably not going to hurt anyone. So he's, he's going to do his best to get it back. All right, uh, this is why we don't have a dog in here very often, because yeah. of distraction. She knows. It's kind of entertaining on video, but yeah. anyway, yeah, uh, for sorry, those of you everybody. listening on audio, riveting. On. If you're only seeing <laughs> us from the waist up, okay. So, come here. I'm gonna come start. Here. I'm gonna start with Brandon Tyrell. Hey, hi. Oh, oh. start. Next. Start with Miranda. Oh, okay. Start with, start with Miranda then. Yeah, let's go Miranda's way because you've got the look on your face says I have something I really want to talk about. I really don't want Brandon to steal my thing. Oh, okay. I know we have the same one. Okay. Miranda's. I'll go first. <laughs> anyway, so I'm going to go ahead and talk about my first party pick. Um, so I kind of chose this from the perspective of this is something that's really special to me. Uh, there were so many games from this decade on Xbox that were exclusive. Um, like, for instance, the latest Gears trilogy has really surprised me, and I really love what they've done with those characters and how they've built out this world and like really made Gears franchise the coalitions and like how they've kind of adapted 5 yeah. to be more of that and kind of evolved it into something a bit more modern. Um, that being said, I just, I just have to give it to the chief. Like yes. the Master Chief Collection, you gave, you got to do the re-review. They've been working yes. so hard on this as the chief deserves. 9.5 is my re-review, yeah. which, which corrects, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> it writes a wrong. I, you know, I was too high to start with, but 9.5 feels real good on the re-review here five years later. Uh, and yeah, you you are I you have to acknowledge you're cheating a little bit by I am choosing cheating the Master Chief because it's a collection of incredible <laughs> video games. Um, and the reason again because I want to highlight this is that this coll- I feel so bad because it's like it's a collection. It's like yes, it's a collection, and it absolutely deserves to be recognized for that. And like and how great it is. And it's not just that it's a bundle of games. It's games that work together. Like the multiplayer, that is such a huge thing that you can and- just like queue for different things and as the last five years have shown mm-hmm. it's not easy to pull that off no. so it's not just well just put them all in the in a yeah. collection and it, it's that's fine there is there is a lot of serious work that went into this to make it work and ongoing work yes yeah. 
Absolutely. And so like that's kind of what makes it such a big point to me. And I know I've talked about like why Halo is important to me before. Like it was one of the games that I got to like sneak around and play with my dad when I was younger. And I was just like, don't tell anybody. I'm like, all right, <laughs> I won't say anything. Cause it's like too violent for like the age or what too violent for the age I was. It's Halo. It I mean, used, yeah. And it used, it used to be, to be rated M. Yeah, it was. But, but and before everyone, the ESRB, I guess the ESRB, not everyone realized we, we oh, all got, <laughs> it's, it's the, the bar is actually kind of, <laughs> we all got a little desensitized <laughs> yeah. Yeah. in the tens. Uh, so, like, that was, like, a really special thing between me and my dad and eventually me and my brother. And then I got, like, other friends to play. And it was just, like, such a great thing to have for that. And I, I love seeing that they're trying to keep it modern and keep it updated so that way current generations can enjoy that experience as well. Yeah. Or um, even people just new to gaming. One thing that uh, amazed me while re-reviewing the Master Chief Collection is uh, that it's, it is like a little, it's a Halo wish factory mm. now. Because mm-hmm. the the, re, the interface has been completely redesigned, and so you go in there and you can you can't say like I for matchmaking you can't request like a specific map. It's not quite that nitty gritty, but you can say you can request the game types you want. Uh, you can request the sort of size of the games, whether you want like a big team battle or a you know smaller arena thing, uh, and you can you can check off which of the games you want to be. That you're okay to play in, right? So if you're like, I don't, I don't want to play in Reach. That I don't feel like it. And you can just <laughs> you can uncheck that. Mm-hmm. Uh, or if if you just want to play in Halo Two, you can just check that, and it works every single time. You know, as I said in the re-review, the the, uh, the it does take some time. It's not instant. It's not like if you're playing Halo Five or pretty much any standalone Halo game at its in its heyday, where it's just going to find you a game real fast, like. Now, it, it takes a little while to kind of piece you together uh, with other people into a game, but it never it never failed on me. It, it did work every single time. Mm-hmm. Even at one point, I said, all right, I want a big team battle game in Halo 1, just Halo 1. And it took two to three minutes. I actually timed it at one point. Oh, wow. uh, and But sure enough, not long later, I was in a match on Blood Gulch and it felt so good for a game that that's the one game in the collection that, of course, wasn't designed ever Intended, yeah. for multi for online multiplayer. So and, and it felt great, looked great, ran great. So, uh, yeah, you're, you're cheating, but it's it's a it's, it's a like fair the cheat. right kind of cheat. It's the- right? <laughs> so exactly I mean, right. I help people find cheats like that's what my team does, like for guides. That's what, that's what we do. So sometimes I have to use my own for my work. And now just it's, that though it's on Game Pass. Yeah, yeah. So it's just like if you're a Game Pass subscriber, this this beautiful rebuilt thing is just there for you. It's so insane to me. Yeah. The, the value proposition you get with MCC for one one price is like, oh wow, that's an incredibly good deal. And now you just get it as part of Game Pass. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Seriously, that's I know I say it every show, but that service is just the best deal. Again, I, and when I've said this a thousand times too, I think in five years we're going to look back on it and and wonder. Wait, this, there was a time when not everyone was doing this. Yeah. Like, you just didn't. like Sony's going to do it, Nintendo's going to yeah. do it. Like it's, yeah. it's just going to be, it's just going to be par for the course because it's it's awesome. All right, Brendan so. Tyrell, Miranda stole yours. Yeah, give me any, any, give me something. Your first party pick. Give me an Xbox game of the decade for Brandon Tyrell. <laughs> So, uh, similarly, I mean, I was going to cheat and say MCC as well, but luckily, I had to back up because Miranda and I... <laughs> you anticipated this outcome. We actually talked a little bit earlier <laughs> this week. Um, but yeah, just not to harp on it too much, but God, the MCC, 
I mean, you get the remastered version of Combat Evolved and Halo 2. Mm-hmm. All Now with Reach, you get all the games in the saga. It's such a crazy good deal just for the campaigns alone because you can play them alone. You can play them with friends. You can bump it up to legendary difficulty, which creates its own metagame within each of those campaigns. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, you know what? Me and my hardcore crack squad of Spartans have beat this game on legendary. Now we'll do it with all skulls. Yes. Um, it is a crazy good deal. And then, you know, you add in the multiplayer suite, which you said. Even con- firefights in it. Yeah. Like, and- that, which wasn't in it at launch, by the way, mm-hmm. because ODST and Reach weren't in it at launch and they're both there now so when i went back into re-review again i hadn't touched it in years i was like oh firefight i yeah. gotta try this and guess what still so much fun it's still really good still right? so good i mean god that i don't i don't know if it spawned it but like the the wave of horde or firefight PvE. P- yeah oops, excuse me pve modes in video games this mic stand is active. yeah I, I i think it's fair to say that odst and uh Gears 2 with Horde. Yes. They, they yeah. both came out very close to one another, um, like within a year. And I think it's, I feel like it's the two of those deserve a lot of credit for, yeah. for the Horde. I mean, the, the, that whole four-player PvE thing is still raging in gaming now. It's like it's, it has not died off. It's such a, it's, it's the perfect sort of like synthesized feeling of power with your friends. It's like me and my friends, let's see how long we can last. I, it, I liken it akin to like an RTS game where you build up your base and then you just turtle and let waves of enemies come. You're like, how long can we last? It's an awesome experience. It's insane that it comes with the multiplayer suite and all the campaigns in MCC. Realistically, if you were a huge Halo fan, you could literally never play another game on your Xbox. There's that much content and replayable content for you. So that is my previous pick of the decade um but the there is one i really want to talk about as well which i think uh is overlooked because it came out at the beginning of the generation and it was so just smooth i hope you're gonna say what i want you to say. yeah i i don't i totally am it it was (laughs) it was so smooth and just kinetic and frenetic and it's sunset overdrive. Oh, so you, I was you are wow, saying. Wow, lots right. of yeah. adjectives for movement. I know. Mm. Mm. What could it um, be? Yes, creators of Marvel Spider-Man, that, that uh, much appreciated PS4 game. Before that game came out, uh, they made a little game called Sunset Overdrive, which is a cartoony, just like have a great time jumping around, zipping around, flipping around, flying around. Uh, that is a game where you can literally jump off a building, not know what's going to happen, and just not worry about it because you have so many options in free fall to just survive. Um, I don't think it gets enough credit. The story in Sunset Overdrive is not why you play Sunset Overdrive. Fighting an evil soda company? Fighting an evil <laughs> energy drink company. And thank you, energy um, clarifying, yeah. yeah. Uh, battling taurine and with the power of friendship is essentially what Sunset Overdrive is. But the way it delivers it is so, so good. There are so many interactive elements, and Insomniac really just nails the feeling of movement. I think it might be my favorite traversal game, just that feeling of movement. Yeah, for sure. Um, That's fair. It is so, so strong. Um, and it th- takes, I mean, at least for me, I, f- I feel like it, it's about, there's about a 20, 30 minute learning curve. It's not on, that steep on the traversal at all. Yeah. In the beginning of the game where you're kind of just trying to figure out, you know, jumping and comboing yeah, yeah. and moving around. But then when it, as soon as you, you, that switch as flips as in your clicks. head, you're like, oh man. And there is like a Metroidvania-esque climb in, um, 
uh, I don't know, I guess mobility, where they start to add like smaller pieces to the puzzle. Like eventually you get a, a umbrella or a crowbar. I can't remember that you can use to like swing upside down or uh, swing below wires. Yes. And then you hop up and you, you sneaker skate on top of them. And mm-hmm. like and you can use them as trampolines. Yeah. And bounce off there, of them. There's trampolines or and even even silly things like uh, like dining umbrellas outside above oh, picnic yeah. tables. You can bounce off those. And then there's a double dash and a double jump. And then I think a triple dash. So eventually you get to the point where you just add all this stuff together and you get from like downtown to the suburbs in without touching the ground. At yes. All. Mm-hmm. And uh, it is such a it's such a just awesome feeling to do that it's a game that you can just turn your brain off and just sort of fly you know yeah i mean i you mentioned marvel spider-man which Mm -hmm. i i'm so happy for insomniac that that was uh, their biggest hit of all of uh, that they've ever had because it's it's a studio that's done great work for so long and Mm -hmm. yes sunset overdrive is their one and only exclusive xbox release they've been mostly doing sony exclusives then they did um there was their third party game uh, was it Hayes, or was that the was that the original name or the final name? I don't there was, it was a very forgettable shooter. Yeah. It was like not their finest moment, but anyway, mostly a Sony thought of studio, and now in fact, no, Spider Man yeah. acquired by Sony, so we're not going to see them on Xbox anymore, mm-hmm. which is which is a shame. But yeah, I mean, th- I, it's fair to say that Sunset Overdrive absolutely made Spider Man possible in terms oh. of. Absolutely. There's there's so much DNA in it, yeah. For that movement. Not not just in sort of highlighting the chops of Insomniac for that kind of stuff, but also in, I'm sure of the learnings that they got from Sunset Overdrive and how that transitions to, you know, a licensed character that moves very similarly. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think think Marvel's Spider-Man owes a lot to Sunset Overdrive. And Sunset Overdrive, even to this day, if you go back and play it, still feels incredible. And I think it's on Game Pass now. I'm sure it is. Yeah, please play it on Game Pass if you're a new Game Pass subscriber or a new Xbox owner or both. It's it's still, yeah, it's so good. And I would be remiss if uh, I didn't at least mention... The first half of our decade was still sort of the the reign and the era of XBLA mm-hmm. and how many amazing yes. games came out of that program. Um, and, you know, the sort of sub-program of Summer of Arcade. You had some legitimate bangers come out on, oh on that goodness. platform. Um, State of Decay started there. You know, Braid, Limbo. Yes. Uh, Castle Crashers obviously became a phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the behemoth is... They've, they've made their... They, they've made a lot of money on Xbox Live yeah. Arcade and a lot of great games. Twisted too. Pixel, Double Helix. Yes. Like so many great studios got their start there. Um, it's a shame that we don't have something. We have ID at Xbox. It's, we do. It's a little less curated than than that, and, and it's more just sort of the Ellis Island for yeah, Xbox. Like, hey, by the way, <laughs> you know? like these, these uh, smaller games that we're backing that we're really excited for are mm-hmm. coming into Xbox, but it doesn't feel like there's as much fanfare around them yeah. or like aside from like talking to us yeah. I think for press like there's oh we have an idea at Xbox event you guys can go to and we're like oh yeah of course like that's exciting for us but it doesn't feel like there's a lot otherwise to like celebrate what they're doing yeah. with that pr- I, I still I mean Phil Spencer and the and the Xbox leadership team has done so much right over the last few years in, uh-huh. in rebuilding everything and, and we're seeing that all start to pay off with the new studios and uh, and the Series X and what they're doing but I still think they are we need just just bring live arcade Wednesdays back. Bring mm. bring it all back. You can have as many ID at Xbox games as you want, but let's curate them. Let's have a dedicated spot on the dashboard where it's like, uh, you know, on here's here's 
ID at Xbox Wednesdays, where we're gonna we're gonna curate the best of the best. And you know, they're, they're, you're right, Miranda. There are occasionally these ones that kind of do break through the noise a yeah. little bit. Like uh, the one that's I think out there right now, at least that that's broken through for me. And I I think when everybody realizes what it is and gets a chance to see it, they're gonna. Um, they're going to feel the same way. This debuted at, at E3, uh, the press conference this year. 12 minutes. Right. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. Nobody's. I feel like nobody's really thinking much about it or talking much about it right now, but uh, that that game stuck with me at E3, which we talked about on our E3 wrap-up show. And I think that's going to be one where when it does finally come out, a lot of, that's going to get like hopefully into that cuphead level of yeah. of attention. It's got a really cool hook. And yeah. I don't know anything about it other than what, you know, you, you all know and, yeah. and what we've seen, like but that, that yeah. hook is so strong. I it's think like pretty Christopher Nolan made an idea at Xbox game. <laughs> Basically, yeah. yeah. Pretty much any Annapurna game at this point. I'm like, "Hello." There's how, definitely, yeah. How are you? What are you doing over there? <laughs> they have they have established quite a, a great reputation mm-hmm. for for publishing interesting stuff. So, yeah, Sunset Overdrive, fantastic. Yeah, pick. it's a great game. Uh, I'm going to go, you know, I actually had one written down uh, that was the first thing that came to mind, which was Inside. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the follow-up to Limbo, they're not related, but, you know, would you, uh, probably dead. What would you give that game? That was a uh, double-digit 10. Wow. Oh, one zero one, out of one zero. Yeah, uh, I've, <laughs> I've only ever given two 10s since I've, in the seven and a half years I've worked here. The other one went to Super Mario Odyssey, and I, fe- I still feel great about both of those. I, don't, I have no regrets about either one. Um, inside is it's three hours long and it is to me, you know, we, we get a lot of people that sometimes they'll get mad if we give a game a 10 cause they'll say, they'll think you gave it a, you gave it a perfect score. No, we did not. Mm-mm. We gave it no a masterpiece thing. out of 10. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's, that's what master, that's what that's 10 out of 10 indicates. Us, not yeah. perfect, but for me, I think inside might be the closest thing if not ever, I mean, it's in the last decade that we're talking about of that that I've seen to a perfect video game. In that, the story is amazing, despite having zero dialogue in it. You will be thinking about that game for days, if not weeks, after you play it. You'll be talking about it with your friends. the uh, The visuals are perfect. There's there's it's like it's a completely dead locked 30 frames per second at all times you never see anything dip below or you know, it's it's always the smoothest most perfect experience in that regard every color choice is perfect every animation looks like it's been gone over it's about ins- 6000 times that's what stuck with me most was the animation like when i first came i was like excuse me this is so smooth <laughs> and beautiful and if you haven't played the game there are parts in that game where where like especially at, at the end, right, where you you see a lot of different pieces moving at once, um, and like everything has its own, everything has its own very specific, like the the amount of detail in yes. each of those moving mm-hmm. pieces, um, and really throughout the game, like the little girl uh, portion, yes, is incredible. Like not only because it's a little little spooky, yeah. but um, I handed off the control. I couldn't do it. I was so stressed. But like the movement of her hair in the water, and and it's that game is gorgeous. And, and the I should I have to mention also, which I did in my review, the sound design is incredible, is effectively mm-hmm. perfect. Please play that game with headphones if you have not played it's it effectively already. Effectively a masterpiece. Yes. <laughs> um, wow. No, it's inside's amazing. But you know, the more I when I, the more I thought about it uh, as we were coming in here, I'm actually gonna go. Oh, kind of cheating, but um, no, I'm going to say my Xbox 
exclusive game of the decade is Gears of War 3. Miranda, we're, we're making eye contact right yes. now. You're, you're very happy with that, I can see. That game, to me, I also, I gave that a 10 out of 10 at OXM. Mm-hmm. And I still feel like I, zero, no regrets on that either. Uh, oh, yeah. That game, so I, I, I really love the original Gears of War. Um, it was, you know, it famously kind of, it didn't quite finish strong. But it had a, it really established the universe so well, and there was these very interesting characters. Gears two for me, uh, it had horde mode, which mm-hmm. we was just huge, talked about yeah. was enormous, and the multiplayer, regular multiplayer, was still great. But the the campaign for me had some serious flaws. Uh, I thought the uh, the Maria payoff. We spent, we spent a game and a Maria. half. Ugh. It didn't work for me. Yeah, I know you a, disagree, that's Miranda. A hard one. I- and that's okay. It works yeah, for me. I like I liked Gears Two, but I definitely not nearly as much as I like Gears Three. Yeah. So it, it the Maria thing didn't didn't work really? for me. It, yeah. I, I I thought I mean it's been forever now. I mean I know. Just, you just kinda yeah. find her and she turns into dust and I was like, Okay, Whoa. we, we no, spent a sure. game and a half for that. <laughs> Game's like ten years old. But um yeah. but uh and then the I really, really super dislike my least favorite part of Gears Two that I actively dislike mm. to this day is mm. the uh, when you're inside the giant worm. I think yeah. it's mm. ridiculous and stupid and not a f- I don't think it's fun. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's good. That said, when we got to Gears 3, uh, I think it's the campaign's tremendous. The story, it's it's an excellent story. You're you're coming this closing chapter with with these, you know, four, you know, brothers in arms and, you know, the the Dominic stuff is which which was so earned over the the previous two two games and into the third they really earned the dominic moment um and every and then you know there was some great stuff with adam phoenix uh, marcus's dad so the campaign and story i thought were tremendous that for me miranda gears 3 is where it is where it really transformed from an action game with these no neck meatheads into like a genuine character driven narrative based like military Right. And Epic. I, and it's like that sense of heart and like family was always there, but it really came to fruition in Gears 3. And I think you yeah. got just like a more solid squad, like everyone's ready to go, backing up Marcus. Um, and like Dom Sacrifice is such a huge thing. And I think that's one of the games that really sticks with you as far as the Gears games. I think it's just such a great way to kind of almost conclude that trilogy and then we got we got more which is great well it did conclude that trilogy yeah that trilogy and and then and on the multiplayer side you had again great multiplayer versus versus multiplayer uh horde it's my favorite version of horde because uh that's when it introduced being able to play as the locust locust, Mm -hmm. which was so much fun it was so great it was so good um so i love that and yeah so i for me, Gears of War three. I, that's that's my that's my favorite Xbox Love game it. of the decade on the exclusive side. But as I said, we're not done. I want to I'm going to allow a third party pick because there were so many tremendous third party games as well. Miranda's already yeah. already jumping at the bit. It's a, it's so difficult. There are so many third party games that I love. Don't take someone else's this years. time. 
I didn't. I think mine are very <laughs> much just me. <laughs> okay. What are, what are your criteria out of curiosity? Because you, I mean, full disclosure, we had a conversation about like, wow, why why do I think a game of the decade is a game of the decade? Yeah. And so, again, these, these are a little bit formatted toward like our personal taste. It's right? supposed to be, yeah. And so, for me, when I look at a video game, one that I see is like the most successful is one where its story makes use of being a video game. Like, it's full mm-hmm. use of that medium. Like, why is this story best told as a game? Yeah. What player agency there actually is effective or why is it important? Why is it important to how you formulated the story? I keep saying story because like story is such an important thing to me. Me too. And I, I love my competitive shooters. I love Dota. It doesn't have a story. It's just me yelling at my friends. <laughs> and those are great times. But mm-hmm. when it comes down to it, I think games are such a fantastic way to experience something. Um, and really be impacted by it. And so that's kind of what I look for in some of my favorite games. Right. The first time I really felt that again, like as an adult, was like with Undertale, which is one of my newest favorite games. Um, but as far as all the games that go on on Xbox, I feel like people are going to be like, Miranda, I'm, okay. <laughs> Bear with You've me. you really set this up. This is like kind of a two-parter because I, I worry about like recency stuff, but... Outer Wilds, y'all. Uh. <laughs> I know. It's like I know. I know. I know. So this is this. My first gut reaction to oh, this no, was, was Outer Wilds. Yeah. Um, I am still thinking about that game so much. I listen to that music almost every night. Like I have it, like put me to sleep. Yeah. It's like really peaceful and good, and and it's so Outer Wilds is. How do I explain this? It's like one of those games. You know, when you play a game, you just like know it's really special. Yeah. You know, it's just something that's you, you haven't like set ever set the controller down. And you're just like, huh? You're like. Oh, like even just a few hours. I'm like this is, <laughs> we've got. We're just we've got dispensing, a Daisy dispensing with the theater. Of yeah, um, but it's something that really impacts you in a way like no other games do, and it's like a really, really rare feeling, right? Like you just don't have that very often. And Outer Wilds was definitely one of those for me, and that's one of the reasons that I kept trying to like kind of talk about it because like kind of coming back to like id at xbox and other small games that don't get a lot of love it's really hard for those games to like kind of get any sort of notoriety aside from people talking about it and i would not keep talking about it if i didn't think it was a phenomenal game i don't want to waste anyone's time and i never recommend something that i don't think is is genuinely great Mm -hmm. um and for this one i know not everyone loves it but i appreciate i seriously appreciate every single person who reached out to me this year and said hey i finally play outer wilds thank you so much for recommending it um, and I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. I, I, one of my friends finished it recently and I was just like so overwhelmed with emotion. I was just like, Oh, it's just such a phenomenal game. And like, you can't, that's like one of the best endings to a story I've ever seen as well. Like ever. It's that feeling where when you finish it, you just, you need to talk about it with somebody. You need to yes. talk about it. Also, you want to, this is the one game where it's like, if I could wipe any game from my memory mm. and re-experience it, it'd be this. I've never had that before. And it's just this. Um, that's awesome it's yeah and i think it's sure it kind of feels a little clunky when you're doing your spaceship maybe i mean for me it was kind of easy but you know like your landings are kind of silly and i think there's like a charm in that and it's supposed to be silly. it's half made out of wood guys it's supposed <laughs> to be silly one of the mechanics is like sorry you just have to deal with that until we fix it you yeah. know it's like it's just like a good sweet game and i think it's one of the few stories that is like varied actually depressing but it's like so filled with optimism at its core. And it's like about death and about just like this solar system ending and you know what's happening and, and then you overcome it. Um, That's great. Yeah. I mean, inside was like that for me when I was just talking about a minute ago where I just, it stuck with me for a long, long time. So yes. I, I can respect that. Yeah. It's just like, this is not going away for me. It's just, 
it's so overwhelmingly impactful. Uh, and I'm just glad I get to talk about it. So thank you guys for dealing with me speaking about it every, like almost every episode. <laughs> well, good. This we we made it with six minutes to it. spare before you have to leave. So yeah, uh, the, that's good. The other one I was thinking about was Red Dead Redemption Two. Oh yes, um, Rockstar just nails it. Another one that's very much to people's taste because it's obviously slower like one of my friends I was playing it with he just he lost his horse at the beginning he was like I'm done because <laughs> he didn't want to walk around <laughs> um but what I really love about that one if I can speak about it super quickly is that it is this ginormous beautiful open world that has so much depth to it mm-hmm. and like the things you do there don't feel like busy work they feel right. like they're thought out there's something fun there's something good to it even if you are kind of like repeat missions in a way they're still so cool with the personalities that you meet there right and like the freedom to kind of do whatever you want in a really neat way so sort of the antithesis to the sort of modern open world design where yeah. it's there are five things to do, but there are 8,000 versions of it. Yeah, and that definitely comes down to, um, as we were talking about at a certain time before, budget and time. Yes. And Rockstar oh my has God. a lot they, of budget and, and time. And time. They get yeah. unlimited amounts of both, which most studios don't get. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's Rockstar's open world games, very much including Red Dead 2, uh, share something in common. One thing, you know, you, this just reminded me about Sunset Overdrive, Brandon, is... Uh, that game and certainly Rockstar's games do a great job. Here, let me get down, puppy. Of, uh, <laughs> oh, do you not want to get so down? Big. She's, She's so clinging to me. Aww. Okay. Um, of making quests feel unique and fun, and mm-hmm. not just like, oh, I just did that yeah. sixteen other times. Sure, the quest is go kill everything in this room, but the you know the 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 wrapping on. <laughs> there she goes. She's down. Graceful. <laughs> Yeah, well done. But the um, but the wrapping on that really sells it, right? Yes, very much so. Uh, well, I'm going to just piggyback off of Miranda's mm-hmm. because uh, my third party pick is it's. I it came to me very quickly, and I cannot think of anything that's even close because for me again, uh, because I think my third party pick is not only the the best Xbox game of the decade. I think it's one of these, if not top ten, maybe even top five best games ever. And that's Grand Theft Auto V. Now, yeah, I like it. Sure, there are things that Red Dead does better. It's a lot newer. They're very different games. But they are very different. Um, For me, I just like GTA more. I think it is overall a better game, but it is... There's never been a... I still don't think there's been a world more detailed and alive Mm. in a video game than than, uh, San Andreas. Right. It is, you know, even from the... And it's little touches that that you get like six thousand little things that 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 make that feeling of making it feel alive. Like an example that quickly comes to mind. Actually, I'll give you two. One is, um, you know, t- the the radio stations are cla- are just legendary in mm-hmm. GTA games. Ever since three, my favorite. They're just like loaded with comedy. You know, in every every Laszlo. new GTA game, yes, <laughs> Laszlo's my favorite. I met him in real life. It Did you really? Weird. Yes. Oh. Um, he's exactly like he is <laughs> on GTA in real life. Uh, but, Smash cut to like a Photoshop picture of you <laughs> with the cartoon Laszlo. Yeah, basically. <laughs> but, um, you know, the like every new GTA game, I will park my car somewhere and just listen yeah, to, yeah. The, to the to the talk radio station to so hear I'll all just, the uh, bits. I just drive according to the rules of the road, like just in line with people. Nice. I'm like, guys, could you please go? It's green. And you know, <laughs> I like, like doing you that know, too. Honking at people, but I just listen to the radio. Like I yeah. yield, I yield for oncoming traffic when I make a left turn. <laughs> but it's so 
what's cool in, in five, you know, it's so big because you've got Los Santos yeah. and then it branches out into the, the sticks. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and as you drive out of the city, it, the, the, the radio station, the, the, it crackles out and then it tunes in. It's like, the, you know, the, the, the signal is lost and you pick up another radio station. Like you pick up the rural, like the country rural station. Yeah. It's like, what? That's, that's an insane level of detail that no one else would do except for Rockstar. It's so smart. And then the other favorite story I like to tell as like a little thing in, in GTA V is uh, I was just walking around uh, Vinewood, which is, you know, Hollywood, mm-hmm. and I saw this like shuttle bus. I'm like, that's weird. I've not seen that before. So I got on it, and it's like I didn't steal it. I didn't go behind the wheel. You just get on it, and it starts this, I kid you not, like a, like this 15 minute tour of the it's, it's a tour of the stars homes and it's got this all it's got this vo script it's on a route and you're like it's just this hilarious it's that kind of attention to detail and and literally i'll bet maybe five percent of players ever find that because it's not a mission it's yeah. not yeah. an objective it's not there's nothing ever pointing to it it's not on the map it's just a thing you find and it's that the stuff like that that's in GTA is is unbelievable. Like and I, I'm so I'm so intrigued to know what point in the pre-production and design process they go into like the extra one-offs like that. You know, yeah. or is, is they, it just they get they get the skeleton and then right. it's like, well, we got two years left, folks. So yeah, whatever you feel like doing. Or do they ever even cut anything? Does it just all go in? Like that could have been a mission, <laughs> you know and they're I mean? like, oh, yeah. we're gonna change yeah. this, but we don't leave this thing. Who knows? It's really cool. Yeah, it's so crazy and. And again, to think GTA V was a 360 game. I know. You I, don't think about it much now. Oh, I It came I out remember. in fall of 20, yeah. September of 2013, and then one year later came to Xbox One as not simply a port. They added mm-hmm. the, that optional first-person first mode. Person like mode. The whole thing, you could walk around that whole world in awesome first-person, and it's so... And then, of course, over the years, uh, GTA Online, mm-hmm. it started rough. I but, played a lot of tennis. Yeah, it has... Oh, me too. Uh, the... It basically has a functioning, fully functioning yeah. tennis video game inside it. Is now it, we know why Rockstar made uh, table tennis as their yes. first, <laughs> so, first 360 yeah, game. Yeah, it's, it's wild. Uh, GTA V was actually my first GTA game. Nice. Mm. Yeah. And so I, I had a bad experience with it when I was a kid, so I kind of avoided it. And so, you know, I was like in college, I was like, okay. With three huh? or four? Uh, I forget which one. It was something my cousin showed me something, and it was it freaked me out a little bit. And I was I was small, I was yeah. very small, and I was yeah. like, "This is not the game for me. Right. I will never play this game." And then I'm in college. I'm like, "Ah, it's time for me to play that game." <laughs> uh, so, uh, I, I, when I got GTA Five or May 360, I just I could not stop thinking about it. Like I would just want to run home from my classes me and too. just play, yeah, nonstop. Just want to live in that world. Yeah, it's yeah. Just phenomenal. Uh, I know you've got to go. I know, um, but I'm sorry, guys. Uh, you're awesome. Thank you for a year of awesome podcasts. Happy holidays and happy yeah. new year. Of course, I'll see you like outside. Yeah, but. absolutely. Happy holidays, everyone. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for having me this year. Yes. I hope you all have a, a wonderful rest of the episode. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Thank we will you. do our best. But um, see you in a bit. Yeah, GTA Five is, and what's wild about it, Brandon, is that Rockstar is in no hurry to churn out six. Uh, they don't need to. They, but but they but most you know, I would say basically all the publishers, with with maybe a couple of exceptions, 
would they would be like, okay, well, how quickly can you get GTA Six out? And That's, even if the answer is three years, yeah, it's going to happen. We are not going to get GTA Six unless, barring some surprise, because they they now function as one global studio. Mm-hmm. Rockstar North mm-hmm. drives. They are the sort of creative leads. They drive everything. Is that out of are they in Glasgow? No, uh, uh, Edinburgh. Edinburgh. Yeah, Scotland. And uh, but yeah, so you know they San Diego. The San Diego studio was kind of the main studio yeah. on Red Dead, right. Red Dead Redemption, and Red Dead Redemption Two. But the North team now kind of comes in and really you know they're 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 at the top of the credits. You know the the Hauser brothers and so they have lead studios for for each of their franchises but it is a full global team effort yeah they're meaning they're not making this again unless they surprise us they're not making more than one game at a time anymore that's the point and so since red dead was just finished a year ago we're gonna get bully too maybe (laughs) i mean you never know but probably not i mean they're probably gonna be so they seem to be aligning towards a two-game yeah, studio. Very, very similar to sort of the Bethesda, yeah. Elder Scrolls, Fallout. Elder Although Scrolls, they're Fallout. doing Starfield now. Yeah, but yeah. We'll see, but but yeah, the, the the thing is, it's like the point I'm trying to make is we're not going to get GTA Five is so successful. It's not just a, a an all-time great game, right? It's one of the most financially successful. It's one and, of the highest-selling games of all time. Yep. That continues to make a ton of money from GTA Online, all the you know cosmetics and stuff. Not just GTA Online; it's still in like top sales figures every, every month, month, almost every month. Yeah, and I would not be surprised if it's in the top twenty of games sold this year. I'm sure it is. Yeah, yeah I'm sure you're right. And yeah, we're not going to see. We probably aren't going to see six till uh, what I mean, twenty 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 three because yeah, if, I was going to uh, say twenty two. If uh, Red Dead shipped in fall 2018, I mean, you're looking at at least probably five full years of global studio production yeah. to put a grand the- a next gen Grand Theft Auto game together, which would mean a decade between GTA 5 and GTA 6. Which is a really interesting point because those kind of dev cycles, outside of a, I guess beyond good and evil, <laughs> like is not is not. If, financially viable and yet this is one of maybe a handful of studios that or or companies really publishers that don't need to release anything until they're ready to release it. absolutely every, and, and we are better off for it as gamers absolutely because, because yeah. every 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 gta game and every reddit game is not only an event mm-hmm. because it hasn't it's not just an annual thing but the unlimited time and resources that we were just talking about a minute Fine-tuning, ago, fine-tuning, polishing—it's so much goes into it. It's just unreal. So, yeah, I, GTA Five is is the clear and obvious pick for me as a third third party. Pick. I mean, I don't think many people would disagree with you, right? I know it's your personal opinion, sure. but I'm sure a lot of people share it as well, and rightfully so. That series is phenomenal, and that game in particular. Like you're anecdotal, anecdotally saying, you know, you got on a star tour bus, yes. and just took a star tour in a video game, yeah, is. Like, just think back to when we were kids playing video games and, like, how far we've come from it's that. It's unbelievable. I mean, GTA 3, as a final note on this, 3 was one of oh, those... The turning point, yeah. ...transformational games for me in life. You know, you, I'll bet, I think everybody probably has three, four, five of those. You know, uh, Super Mario Brothers, for me, the fir- which was the first game I ever played. Mm-hmm. Uh, the original Doom yeah. changed all of my gaming life forever. Uh, Halo 2, because of what it did with online, mm-hmm. 
uh, for multiplayer, and and GTA Three was I guess GTA Three was before Halo Two. Yeah, GTA Three was absolutely one of those games where I I bought a PlayStation Two because of that game. It was the actual definition of a killer app for me, and just I couldn't stop thinking about it, playing it. It, it rewrote the rules and five and it five did that again, and it's. Six, like the just the idea of six makes me unbelievably happy, even though I don't even know what it is. So, yeah, absolutely. And, <laughs> and I'm sitting here thinking, like, with GTA Six, what could they possibly do? You know, and I know it's going to be bigger and grander and bolder than five was, comparative to four, comparative to three. But I'm li- I'm I'm honestly kind of at a loss for like, what is that generational step up that we're going to see with six? And you could say the same thing about you know. Um, the Elder Scrolls six, sure. right? So yeah, we're going to be waiting a while for that. We'll too. be waiting a while for that one, and like, what is that going to do? Because you look at Oblivion to Skyrim and GTA three to GTA four to GTA five. Like, what does that generational leap yep. look like for a open world, hyper polished, super detailed world? Yeah, it's kind of crazy to think that. Uh, yes, we got the we got an Xbox One version of Grand Theft Auto five that added that sweet first person option, but. We will go an entire generation yep. without a new Grand Theft Auto release. Designed for it, yeah. An entire seven-year generation without a Grand Theft Auto release. And what's crazy is, I mean, I know some people feel differently, and I think you and I are on the same page with, like, with when, when I say, I think that's fine. Like, yeah. I, I think waiting 10 years between these sort of landmark yeah. tentpole games is is okay. Yeah. I mean, a, a, considering we know that they're going to deliver the quality and the breadth that we're excited for like we know it'll be great when it comes out uh and also because now more than ever you know video games are bigger than mu- music and movies combined mm-hmm. so now more than ever there are more games to play you cannot play every i don't even want to say every game because that's silly but you cannot play i'd, I'd say even 50 percent of the games that oh, come yeah. out every year right yeah. just on xbox but maybe way. even 10 let alone yeah all platforms oh my god like go to steam and look oh, up recently goodness. released and you'll just have an aneurysm yeah i mean you know, of course, Activision would never trade 10 years of Call of Duty profits to yeah. have one crazy, epic, unlimited budget Call of Duty every decade. It's a, well, yeah, it's a different... I know it's a different It's a different thing, beast, but, yeah. But I, I am... with G, You're so right. There's so many other good games at all mm-hmm. times. I am so glad that GTA is, re, you know, revolutionary, or has been up till now, mm-hmm. once every five to ten years rather than just an annual iterative thing that they put out. And what's crazy is like, if you're really into books or really into movies or really into to music, like there are those entries in those mediums that you measure your life by. Yes. Right. Yeah. So like you remember where you were when you listened to Metallica's black album yes. for the first time, you remember where you were when you saw that movie that everyone loves, you know, I, I'm drawing a blank. Nothing's fellowship coming to mind. of the ring. There you go. The answer. You remember where you were when you saw the matrix or yes. the fellowship of the ring or, you know, what have you, the Hobbit. Um, what? No, not I'm just one. kidding. <laughs> I st- you know, I've still never watched it all the way through, but, um, GTA is, is those games yeah. is, is one of those games. And, and I, I would also argue the elder scrolls is as well. Right. Like, oh, I have many fond memories. I know oblivion was your just, your, that, that was, was your jam. That was that was my entry into the Elder Scrolls series. I hadn't played them up till then. And right. I love Oblivion so much. Anyway, uh, uh, that's that, from last decade, so that didn't count. Otherwise, it would have been in strong consideration for the for me here. Uh, we've right. got twenty minutes left before we absolutely have to be out because they got another show coming. Okay. In. Let's, let's give me a third party pick. Yeah. Real so quick. you and I have talked about this already, and I feel like my obvious answer is The Witcher Three. I love that yeah, game. Can't it argue is, with that. Um, 
it's getting a lot of love right now because Henry Cavill is a very handsome man and he really likes it. And hey, they made a TV series about it. Which how dro- is he that handsome? I don't. It's not no. fair. Yeah. <laughs> Do you realize we import most of our beefcake in, into Christian uh, Bale, Batman, uh, Thor, <laughs> yeah, Chris Hemsworth? That's true. Uh, most of the Chris's, except for Pratt. Well, I guess Pratt and Evans. Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig. Anyway, um, you got Geralt the Beefcake of Rivia. Um, official title. Official title. You know, reading chapters of The Witcher in a oversized smoking chair to you know direct to Cam as part of the promotion for the new TV show. It's a it's an amazing time to be a fan of The Witcher, and I'm a huge fan of The Witcher. I think it is fantastic. IGN's 2015 Game of the Year winner. That's right. That's right. Um, but I'm also a huge fantasy nerd. You know, like just. Like, real bad. So, you know, I love Dragon Age Inquisition. I love The Witcher and all that. So, I think of the decade, The Witcher for, the Witcher 3 for me is probably my front runner. Or at least it was until Miranda and I started having a conversation about our criteria for Game of the Decade. And that made me start thinking about experiences that you can only get in video games. And yeah. while I think The Witcher 3 is a fantastic game um, that I will probably replay for the rest of my life uh, until maybe The Witcher 4. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? Um, it didn't do anything necessarily mechanically or story-wise that you can only experience in a video game, um, even though I love it dearly, like one of my own. So I think a game that does cross all of those items off the list and check all my boxes for that is dark souls yeah hard to argue with that yeah so a lot of such influence that game had as well absolutely and and you know it really did sort of create i know from software made demon souls prior to it but um dark souls really sort of defined the genre for yes for, for a lot of people like yes demon souls came first but you know there's the that i'm gonna butcher i'll paraphrase here but like if you paint a masterpiece and no one sees it then what's the point right sure um so, and there are a lot of bands whose uh, second album is the one that catapults them to absolutely. legendary status, not the first album. And then the great thing is, is you go back and listen to the first album, hey, and you're this like, is pretty oh, cool. man, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I love this. Um, so for me, Dark Souls really did not only create a new genre, but and yes, we know from software made lots of games before Demon Souls as well. It's just do a- you like mechs? <laughs> you're gonna love from software. O- Otogi on the original Xbox. Thank you very much. Sorry, coffee up. <laughs> um. So Dark Souls really did define this new genre, and I mean, uh, uh, on its base level, you can say like it's a third, uh, it's a third person action RPG. Like it, it's didn't define anything. Yeah, it absolutely did. Like Dark Souls and Bloodborne, which is not an Xbox game, but by extent, and you know even Sekiro, which I reviewed. Um, game of the the game of the year winner at the Game Awards. At the Game Awards. Yeah, yeah, I feel really good about. I think that nine point five I gave it. Mm-hmm. Um, those games are not a lot of people look at them as oh they're just hard games they're really hard they punish you i mean you talk to dan stapleton about anything from software and he'll tell you that they're stupid and i appreciate that Um, but they're not designed to be hard for the sake of hard they're designed to do something that i think all i want from video games is this is to make me feel something so a Dark Souls or a Bloodborne or a Sekiro um, will make you feel something. And for me, it, it's frustration, sure. It's <laughs> not the frustration to the level Dan has. What it makes me feel is a feeling of achievement and progress. It is hard because once you overcome it, you feel something. And you feel a sense of satisfaction and you feel a sense of victory. 
uh, Nin- for, Ninja Gaiden did that for, for me back something. in the original. Yes, Xbox absolutely. Days. Yeah, you know, so, in, in a more in a different you know high speed kind of way. But yes, I yeah. can, I can very much relate to what you're saying. So there are a number of different ways you can you can make a, the intended audience feel things in a video game, whether that's through the story and you take your time to build up and explore your characters, and then you know the resolutions that come with those characters trigger that sort of reaction. Um, there, mechanically, also difficulty is one of the easier ways to do it. But when you take the the sort of difficulty inherent to Dark Souls and you match it with that atmosphere and the oppressive world building and environment and, and story, like this sort of vague, obscure storytelling, like it all meshes together and works really well together that not only are you feeling achievement when you beat a boss or get through a particularly crappy section of forest, um, you feel that achievement when you figure something out, you know? Yes. When you put two pieces together... And those two pieces were found after you had to fight your way through like seemingly insurmountable odds. It all comes together and works beautifully and creates this this really just one of a kind experience. And Miranda said that she wishes she could go back and delete uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind style, <laughs> delete Outer Wilds from her brain. Yeah. I wish I could do that with Dark Souls because that, that game really sort of fundamentally changed me and made me want to start critically talking about and thinking about video games. That is fair, um, yeah. So while Witcher 3 is probably what I would say if you ask me on the street, I think if I think about it, really think about it, I think Dark Souls is my game of the decade. Good stuff. <clears throat> A lot of great picks here. All right, let's do. Uh, let's just recap. We only have 15 minutes left. I just want to recap. And we already, of course, yeah. gave, we gave away the Unlock Block Trivia Trophy. Destin won again. <sighs> you and Miranda got to step up those games hey, in 2020. I got, I got a trophy. I just have to be on the show. I was only on like That's half true. the episodes this you're year. So much travel and you're, you're a busy Travel and then um, E3 and event planning. But, and um, so, yeah, we'll, uh, we will, we'll skip the trivia challenge. I think we'll probably just – I do need more trivia questions mm-hmm. for the new year, though. Yeah. Unlocked at IGN.com. Unlocked at IGN.com. Send in your Xbox uh, trivia questions. Include four multiple choice answers, and please note the correct one in your email, and we'll get a good uh, reserve of them built up to quiz you guys with as we begin the quest for a new trophy, which, by the way, already have a volunteer for who sent me a, a sketch of here's what I envision. So, Is there a it, water feature? <laughs> I'm not going to tell you, but let's, it's... It's going to be good. I'm excited. We're going to we're going to you know start the contest over for Can 2020. We, let's start it today. No, just you and me. Just no. Just one on one. Give me a freebie. Uh, Actually, <laughs> I think I know the answer. Oh, oh fair enough. Yeah. But we'll get so we'll start that uh, when we get back from our two week holiday break. But cool. uh, the rest of the game awards, yeah, that, that wasn't covered by uh, the, our emergency episode last week. There's just a few things I wanted to mention. Uh, first up. Get this, The Wolf Among Us 2 mm-hmm. reannounced yeah. the new tell the undead telltale, the the ri- Phoenix risen from the ashes <laughs> telltale, uh, which I, I actually I don't say that flippantly in that because you know, there's a lot of there's still a lot of unresolved things to there's some, be there's, worried to be to be angry about and concerned about. You know, there's I believe there's a lawsuit going on right now with uh, the, the severance that was not paid to the Employees of the original Telltale, but the company now calling themselves Telltale uh, still has a couple of those licenses that original Telltale had. Uh, And anyway, they they have reannounced The Wolf Among Us. But what's interesting about this, Brandon, is they are simply calling it Wolf Among Us 2, not Season Season 2. So it leads me to wonder if it's going to be just sort of one 
full forty to sixty dollar release rather than a episodic, episodic yeah. thing. I which don't, I wouldn't have a problem with. Yeah. I'd be fine if it was just a whole one one whole game. It would make reviewing them much easier. That's true. Um, yeah, I agree. My gut reaction to seeing this was like, oh, this is probably the last one. Because you see season one, season two implies that, you know, there's potential for more. But Wolf Among Us 2, you know, this is the sequel to the first experience. So my gut reaction was like, oh, okay. They, they don't want to promise more than whatever this was because yeah. this was probably in pre-production you know when everything went down right now what now we have since learned uh some there is some good news here uh and that is for gamers that is um that the telltale engine yeah which deserves you know some criticism because it's just too damn old it and it's, could, yeah. it's just not getting the it job could stand done. to get a little they're gussied up new telltale has thrown it away and they are using unreal nice so that is good news that's good news that telltale fans have been wanting to hear for a long long time so i'm happy about that we don't know how many of the new telltale employees are old telltale employees that have you know you hope that everybody has since found new work whether it's at new telltale or somewhere else right um but the we do know uh some of the the main voice actors Mm -hmm. from season one are back here in two so that's good news as well um yeah, so we no release date for this. Nope. But this was just this was a, a, a sort of a nice, pleasant surprise as a, as a game awards announcement. I I love the Wolf Among Us. Yeah. I think it's one of I think it's uh, right there at the top of Telltale's greatest work. The Walking Dead season one, along with season one of The Walking Dead and Tales from the Borderlands. Yeah. And, well, I think it's those three that are that are their finest efforts. So uh, it's cool to see it come back, and I, yeah. I'm glad I'm glad it gets a chance. Yeah, absolutely. And then um, is this game from? Some ex-Arcane devs, uh, 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 Raf, uh, whose name, uh, it's, it's, I'm blanking on his last name right now, but he was the, the art director mm-hmm. on um, Dishonored. Dishonored, yeah. Uh, and the, the project lead, I believe, were the, the two. Yeah. Daisy, get out of there. What are you doing? Come on, we're <laughs> almost just, done. Come just here. playing around. No, what, what are that? you? <laughs> she just bit a cable. <laughs> no, thankfully it's not a cable. I think it's a string. Anyway. Come here. Um, Weird West is the name of the game. It is a top-down uh, sort of action RPG, kind of in the vein of the old Baldur's, Baldur's Gate, Gate Dark, Dark Alliance. Alliance. Champions and, of Norath. Thank you. Yeah. Yes, exactly. The, which, you know, kind of that console Diablo. Love thing. it. Before, it. Before Diablo ever came to console. And yes, I'm with you. I love those games. I love Diablo and I love action RPGs. So uh, the pedigree of, of, this, of these developers is not to be ignored. Mm-hmm. You know, they've got a, a lot of great stuff on their list. And, and it's going to be, you know, a, a sort of science fiction twisted Western. Western. So, was it science fiction or was it like supernatural? Um, maybe more supernatural. I yeah. thought there were like ghost cowboys or something. There might be. So, full disclosure, Ryan and I were both working during the Game Awards, <laughs> so we only saw like every third announcement. Yeah, I had, had to, to go, go back, back and rewatch. I had it. to go back and, and rewatch exactly. But uh, that's definitely, I think, one to keep an eye on. And then uh, finally, uh, speaking of Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance. Hey, how you? How interesting! How it all worked out. It's almost as if I planned it this way as, <laughs> ah. as a as a host. There is Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance, but not Baldur's Gate. So we got Dark Alliance Dark has Alliance. been announced. It is yeah. a it is not connected to the original games. Nope. But, it, but you've learned some stuff about this. Yeah, yeah. Um, we uh, I mean in our announcement story, I had a, a nice interview with the the founder of that studio um, coming from Took Games, I believe Montreal based. Ah, so um, so the the the, cool the little, little, with, yeah, the little with the fuzzy ball yep, on top. That's yep. a, that's a Took. That's a Took. T U Q U E. Right. 
um, which I didn't know how to pronounce. And fortunately, he helped me being the you know native Canadian gentleman that he right. is. I like seeing in the so I love it when the NHL does the outdoor uh, NHL games. Oh yeah, so they'll do like the Winter Classic. Yeah, uh, or they'll they'll play it like a baseball stadium or right. a football stadium or something. And you usually you see the goaltenders under like either on or underneath the masks have, right. have the two. Well, they're not moving around that much. <laughs> yeah, it's cold need, on that ice. Warm. Um, yes. Dark Alliance uh, is a spiritual successor, spiritual carry on from yeah. um, Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance, which were, were a pair of really amazing action RPGs set in the Forgotten Realms Dungeon and Dragons world where you basically just tore through them with, uh, I think one of them was co-op and the other one wasn't. I can't remember. Snowblind. Yeah, so Snowblind did, did the, the first one. Right, and then I okay. think Black Isle did the second one or Black Isle did the first. And no, I think, I want to say, I believe it was Snowblind. Go okay. read the Wikipedia. It's all in there. <laughs> very um, talented studio. Very, very. Uh, this game is a spiritual successor to that. Changing things quite a bit. Um, no longer will it be sort of that isometric bird's eye top-down view. They're moving to more a third-person uh, sort of tighter, more intimate camera, um, like but, a Gears of War type view. Yeah, I'd say in the gameplay, will be like they, that. They didn't specify like the sub, the sub angle right. of, of the third person camera, yeah. but they did say it's going to be third person for a more intimate feel. So I'm imagining what this game will look like is um, both in scope and mechanics is sort of a Vermintide, okay, one and two, yeah, but in a third person. Um, mm. And you play as, you know, one of four sort of iconic Dungeons & Dragons characters. Um, and then their customization is crazy for it to, from, like, dozens and dozens of different moves and abilities for each character. You can build them however you want. But essentially, it is going to be that sort of really action-oriented. You and three other friends are just mowing through hordes of gnolls and goblins and frost giants and one dragon. Um, and if you watch the Game Awards and you saw the trailer, it's unique. Um, uh, I thought the trailer, quite frankly, was bad. I okay. thought it was a very bad trailer for yeah. what will hopefully be a really fun game. Right. I'm interested in the idea of this because yeah. I love Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance. Oh, yeah, so yeah. if it's you know even taking any kind of essence of that and, right. and modernizing it, I'm all for it. But this was like it was like. Uh, a GoPro on a, on yeah. a druid, or and with a, with new metal with like corn. It wasn't corn, but it's Drizzt it, <laughs> Doerden, the fighter ranger of uh, Drow lineage and lore. Thank you very Pardon much. Pardon me, I'm very sorry. Along but, with Wolfgar, Brynor, and Caddy and, and I know the trailer had it wasn't gameplay at all, which is fine. Yeah. But well, actually, I was just like, what? This is a terrible trailer. What is it, this? It is very. It, it's. Almost, Who chose this? It's almost avant-garde, you know. Like no, it's, it, it, not. it's very sort of funny. No, it's it's fine. Like they're they're trying to get across the point of like hard action, and I get it, and I appreciate that. If you watched the uh, the TGAs, the TGAs. If you watch TGAs, yes, um, you did not see the gameplay stinger at the end of the trailer because for whatever reason, the trailer that they sent out, the official asset that they sent out, yeah. had like two one second clips of gameplay at the end of it back to back maybe two second um but the one at the tgas didn't it just ends hmm. so go to ign uh or youtube wherever you watch your trailers and uh check out the the gameplay or the actual trailer for dark alliance there's a gameplay stinger at the end okay. that you might not have seen if you watch the show good to know very cool looking forward to it out i imagine 2020 yeah all right well, we'll keep an eye on that one and that was the game awards obviously we covered hellblade 2 and the series x oh my goodness last week so 
Uh, that is uh, brings us to the end of the year. The year, the decade, the, decade, the show, the show, uh, everything. The end of all of it, except thankfully not. We have a new, fresh new year and a fresh new decade to 2020. start next year. So look at us, uh, Destin, <laughs> Miranda, Brandon, and I will return. Uh, we're taking the next two two weeks, two weeks off yeah. over the holidays. So hope you're able to do the same out there yes. and enjoy time with your friends and family and uh, play some video games. Game Pass again coming. Seriously, <laughs> just, just dive right in. But, you know, I, I really want to thank, uh, I just mentioned Brandon, I really want to thank you, Brandon, for a great year of podcasting. I, I love the, the group that I get to podcast yeah. with. It's, uh, I just, we have so much fun talking Xbox because we do it out there. Yeah. And it's like, well, why don't we just do it and record it for, the, for everyone else? There are times so- when we're in the middle of a really great discussion <laughs> and I want to just like hit the memo yeah. note on my phone. Yeah, I'm so glad we get to do it. And I'm just, uh, I'm exceptionally grateful to everybody in the audience who takes, you know, valuable time out of their week. I talk about this on my Tesla podcast a lot where, you know, the, we all only get the same 24 hours in a day. Right. No one gets any more. And so for, for people to take their, the, to dedicate their time to spending an hour or so with us every week, it's wild. It, it really means a lot to me and I, I sincerely yeah. appreciate it. Uh, so, you know, I, I wish everybody out there a, a happy holiday and, and great new year. And uh, yeah, we will be back, as I said, in two weeks. So it's, uh, I think that's what's like January 6th or no 8th, I think is the first when or no, we, we're on Tuesday. Tuesdays now. So yeah. that should be the 7th. I believe it's going to be January 7th should be our next show. And, and obviously first of the new year. Right. And by the way, 2020 uh, is so we have, we are where podcast beyond was 10 years ago mm-hmm. where they were, you know, they were kind of suffering through the, the tough, the the 599 US dollars era of yeah. uh of of PlayStation and uh the low point in their yeah. history. And no, I I'm, I'm look, well aware. Look how far back Sony has come. We we have I feel like we've carried persevered. The torch. Yeah. We have carried the torch through you know and I having I, having one or two first party exclusives to talk about every year and hopefully one of them's good. This year we had two and one of them was good. Yeah. Uh thankfully it was real good. You got you got the good one. <laughs> I, I did get the good one. Um, so Yeah, I think you know, I want to take a, a moment and you know, I know we super appreciate the audience and and the opportunity to like we're very lucky to be able to sit here and just talk about, you know, a console and, and yeah. the ecosystem and the games that we love. Um, I, th- I think I, I feel a, a, a modicum of pride that, you know, we are throughout the last five years when this, this industry moves toward, you know, um, ad revenue and all that. And like, you really, you need to talk about what, what's on the, the pulse. Right. And for a long time, Xbox hasn't really been that sexy, hasn't been that enticing, but I'm really proud of us for like, you know, maintaining that, that we have a community well, that we yeah, want and, to, and we have the history with this, this, this community and this brand that yeah. you know well we're we'll criticize it when necessary but we love it because it's given us so many great memories over the years and the point is 2020 is, is it's like we've we're, we're pulling up it's the turning point the, the bottom it, we've we've went through the bottom <laughs> the bottom's over so yeah well <laughs> I mean, it is baited okay, breath trust yeah me, <laughs> it can't be worse than 20 the I, launch in 2013 and 2014 yeah, I, as an ex as an Xbox <laughs> fan, like that's my primary console. And coming, like I got hired at IGN right when the Xbox One started, so I've gone my entire career at IGN waiting, waiting to be able to like 
put yeah. my stamp on this. Well, and I'm so excited for 2020. 2020 is is our year. Uh, so many first party releases, and then the console and Halo Infinite. Ah, I know, man. I, I can't please wait. be good. Please be good. All right, for Brandon Tyrell, the the uh, departed. Not she's not dead. Miranda Sanchez <laughs> and uh, the ghost of Destin Legary, also it? not dead. Yeah. Uh, I'm Ryan McCaffrey. Thanks for a great year of uh, of podcast unlocked, and we will see you first thing in January. Happy holidays and happy new year, everybody. Take care, everyone. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.